0: Ball that's a hell of a team you had there. You knew that team? I know everything there is to know about the greatest game ever invented.
1: Those people from all over the Middle West are here to witness Hoosierland's version of the Cinderella story. It's got to work out this time.
0: Oh, that's it for good. For my boys only know basketball farming in school.
1: A basketball hero around here is treated like a god. You know, most people would kill me. Be treated like a god just for a few moments.
0: Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you
1: here. What's one lesson for all the small schools who never had a chance to get here? I love you guys. See?
0: Who is Hoosiers. Your- they needed a second chance to finish first. Welcome to Vicarious Living. Welcome back to the Podcast. Real quick before we bring our guest on, housekeeping, contact information. vicariouslivingpod Living Pod at gmail.com. Slide into those emails. Also, contact information. Caregiving podcast on the Instagram. Go there again. Slide in. Get all of our shit. Okay, tonight's guest. Big special night as we tap into our Midwest Hoosier Nation roots. Tonight's guest, who's going to help me navigate through these lukewarm Jimmy Chitwood waters. He started out as the number one VL podcast fan. He has since had two children and mistakenly allowed his priorities to shift away from the teens. But all that changes tonight as his priorities realign and we say hello to longtime listener, 12 time podcaster, Zerb. <laughs>
1: What's up, teens? I guess I did let my priorities shift there for a little bit, but uh, I'm here. I'm feeling pretty nervous. Feel, yeah. I'm feeling like it's my first time again. It's been a while since we did it in person. Oh, at least a year and a half.
0: Yeah. one. It was super weird when Pat was here last week to realize like he has not sat in that chair for a year and three months. Yeah. And it was like, oh, Jesus Christ.
1: Yes. Fuck. Good to be back in studio. Got the cans on.
0: Yeah. Anyway, tonight put the poll out to the kids on Instagram, and 67% of the kids said- A full two-thirds. Yeah. So announce which, which movie they picked.
1: We're doing the sports movie classic,
0: Hoosiers. This holds a special place in these two podcasters' hearts, because we're both- Hoosiers. We dabbled in Hoosier Nation a little bit, four years of college.
1: A little bit, yeah. Um, and to complete the story you were telling before, the, the poll there was between Hoosiers and Rudy, and the Hoosiers are my college basketball team that I root for and follow, and Notre Dame is my college football team. So that was that was a win-win for me for this pod, and also definitely a win-win growing up in terms of inspirational sports movies to watch.
0: Oh, yeah. So, basically, this podcast is a Hoosier podcast, so we can just say that officially. At least a quarter. Um, By the way, this movie, free on... Amazon Prime. A- Amazon Prime, yeah. Okay, let's start off. Let's just bring the heat right away. The only pre-work I gave you ahead of time is Mount Rushmore of sports movies.
1: Starting there, huh? Yeah, right, let's coming just kick... Ca- let's hot. just
0: come right hot into it, because... I think this is one of the most robust conversations we're going to have, and we want to lock those kids in early and often. The The thing is with this sports Mount Rushmore is we already did a kids one on this podcast because we did Angels in the Outfield. Mm-hmm. So we already covered a sports, a kids sports Mount Rushmore, which was Mighty Ducks, Space Jam, Sandlot, and...
1: Did Angels make it?
0: No, angels did not make it. Little giants,
1: little giants. That's a, yeah, that makes sense. You got, you've done little giants too. Yeah. Um, the only one that I was thinking while you're we going through that that I I have written down here as like an honorable mention kind of thing on my my long list is uh, Cool Runnings. Probably should have been in the running for in the cool runnings for uh, yeah the kids sports movie Mount Rushmore. See, I now this is
0: a good segue into tonight's conversation because I had cool runnings on our comedy Mount Rushmore.
1: I thought about that. I so thought
0: about it. we had to break down. We couldn't just come right out and say here's a Mount Rushmore of all sports movies because there's so many dynamite ones
1: and there's so many versions of sports movies.
0: Right. So. We decided to do four categories. We're going to kick it off with four. That way we'll each get it down to like 20. <laughs> 16. <laughs> 16. Fuck. I can't do math. Damn it. This isn't a math podcast. This is a teen podcast. <laughs> Thank God. So we're going to get it down to 16, and then hopefully I'm I'm kind of prepared to get it down to my, my final four. But
1: Yeah, so it sounds like you may have done the same thing I did, which I've got my my four list that we discussed and then I didn't make my final list thinking we'd, we'd almost kind of talk through it a little bit and then I'll decide on my, my real Mount Rushmore. Okay. I like that. Let's I'll do that too. I mean, I, I kind of outlined it, but I feel like you might be
0: able to talk me into maybe one or two. Yeah.
1: I've got a couple I know for sure. I'll be on there and then there's like 10 for the last couple spots.
0: So. Okay. So our first category, Mount Rushmore category is traditional sports movies. Now, you, you put this stipulation on it. Give the kids what your rationale is on. What, what makes it a traditional?
1: Yeah, I'd say a traditional sports movie almost always is at least somewhat of an underdog story, like either an individual or a team that have to come together, train, get better, whatever it is, to get over the hump um, and win the championship or win the race or whatever it is. Basically, any traditional sports movie has a big game that it's leading up to. A big climactic game, and that is the climax of the movie.
0: Yeah. Okay. Go ahead and kick off your traditional Mount Rushmore.
1: All right. And this is not in necessarily in order. I've got the two we already talked about, Rudy Hoosiers. Then I've got Rocky. I could be talked into a couple, but I'm going Rocky Four. And then my fourth one is Remember the Titans. Actually,
0: we are pretty synced up, with the exception of I held Rocky Four off. I did make the, I said Rocky four. Cause I, yeah. Rocky one to me, I don't love it that much. It, it, Rocky four to me is the, the it's the one, it's the one. one that
1: perfects. It basically perfects a sports movie. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So I'm with you. Hoosiers Rudy. I, I feel like those have to be on there. They just um, have to be. Yeah. Remember the Titans. I too put that on there. The one I swapped in though for Rocky four is. Look, it's a team podcast. Varsity blues.
1: That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> That is amazing because I, I have in addition to my other list, I made like a guilty pleasure one and that's on my guilty pleasure yeah. Mount Rushmore.
0: Now I, I wanna be very clear. My Mount Rushmores, these are this isn't me saying like if I was putting together a list of like top sports movies, obviously Rocky would have to be in like the top five. These are just like me personally, my enjoyment tr what I think of traditional sports movies, the ones that probably give me the most chills.
1: Yeah, it's that that classic pattern. Like I said before, the underdog who has to, you know, probably go through some sort of training montage in order to get yeah. to the top of the mountain. Yeah.
0: Okay. Untraditional. This one I actually like. My li- uh, We're probably going to vary a lot on this yeah, list. I, I think so too. Yeah.
1: Because this is where so untraditional to me, like sports play a big role in the movie, but it doesn't necessarily have to be about the team winning a title. Right. Sports just have to be a legitimately big part of it. And yeah. still a sports movie. So you so, want to kick it off first? Yeah, time? okay.
0: So this one, number one, Moneyball. That we might sync up on that one. Um, Moneyball might be my number one untraditional sports mm-hmm. movie. I'm obsessed with it. Uh, fun fact about us, we actually risked our, our own lives mm-hmm. watching that movie on a laptop in the car ride up to go to an indiana pacers basketball game two hours away
1: i i would like to change your wording a little bit because you risked our lives yeah
0: (laughs) i watched it while driving
1: yes i wasn't being dangerous except for just by knowing you right um but i'll I'll, let you finish your list before i get my take on moneyball
0: okay so my number two is the wrestler fucking amazing movie. Love that. It's not so much about the actual wrestling as it is about like his life with addiction, uh specifically to like painkillers and all that.
1: Right. It, it's a it's definitely a sports movie like that belongs in this non-traditional list and very much a BD movie. Oh, dude. So it's like alley.
0: it's so because it's and I know we we don't want to get two balls deep in all but it's perfect for me because I love those movies that have an open ending. I don't think you like them, but to me it's like depressing the whole time and then at the end it's open and you have no idea like what how it officially went, but me okay. I like yeah. it cuz it's like for slice me, of life. That,
1: to do that you have to pull, it, it's like a really tight rope to like a high uh, high wire act to pull it off. Like if it if you do it perfectly, it's awesome that kind of ending. Well, but if yeah. you don't nail it, it really bugs me.
0: Well, how do you feel like it nailed it Cause The warrior it, did. Yeah.
1: I'm sorry, the um, wrestler did. Nailed it.
0: You don't know if, like, at the end if he dies or not. That's, like, kind of the open ending is he did, does that final jump off the top rope, and it kind of seems like, oh, he knows this is going to kill him, and then it cuts to black.
1: Yeah, I think it, it. you've gotten enough of a feeling about his his life and his arc and what matters to him and everything at that point. Right. And so... The, what actually happens in that case isn't as important as the other stuff that you did get resolution on.
0: Yeah, very true, very true. Okay, my number three is 61 asterisk.
1: <laughs> Thanks for the asterisk.
0: <laughs> Unreal. And then the last one, I, Tanya.
1: I thought you might have that involved, yeah.
0: That's that's my four. Uh, the, the performance, I mean, I might, I think... 80% of the reason I, Tanya is on there is because of the performance of the mom in that movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of the best like acting performances Did I've ever seen. Did she win the Oscar? Yeah. I know she was nominated. She yeah. 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 Anyways, those are my four. What are yours?
1: So we have no crossover um, on this list. Wow. Um, and before I get into it on Moneyball, I I was gonna, I knew it would be on your list and probably your top one on that list. I really like Moneyball, but i kind of feel like it's overrated too mainly because everybody is so obsessed with brad pitt i know you're gonna (laughs) like his his acting and i i don't understand why but yeah beside the point it's it's like it's still good enough that it's like in my honorable mentions for this category but yeah my four are number one warrior uh it's the like mma movie with tom hardy yep and um oh shoot i'm blanking on the other guy's name edgerton Joel, joel edgerton yeah and Nick Nolte as the dad. and just Great so performance by the dad. He's unreal. I, and the whole thing is so good. The, there's a little bit where, because this is actually, it's kind of close to a traditional sports movie in that there's like a lot of underdog stuff going on and the climactic fight and everything. But so much of it is about like the family dynamic and the, you know, the alcoholic dad and all this stuff. Um, yeah, anyway, I like so, that one. Yeah, so I no, like that a lot. Number two, this took the Moneyball slot for me, um, and it's Jerry Maguire. Oh, uh, yeah. I didn't even have that on there. Yeah. I think it can, it's kind of debatable. Some people would say it's it's not a sports movie.
0: No, I think it is. Movie,
1: but I, think, I mean, it's all about him. He's a sports agent. Yeah, that, he that counts. juniors like the second lead.
0: Yeah, th- these are untraditional. Yeah. yeah. So
1: for me, that's, that's okay. on there. Then number three, this is a... I'm interested to get your take on this uh, is Foxcatcher. I had that on my honorable mentions for untraditional.
0: I love the movie. Uh, He's obviously Steve Carell. Yeah. yeah, He's insane. Amazing in it. Um, So
1: Ruffalo and Chang Tatum too.
0: Yeah. Ruffalo is God. I watched a documentary on that and uh, Ruffalo could not have portrayed that guy, even like how he walks any, like closer to like it
1: ruffalo doing what ruffalo does
0: it's a great movie it, it kind of felt weirdly fell through the cracks a little bit i don't know why but it was an un, yeah, it unreal got, movie it got some
1: attention it got some like nominations and stuff but it didn't yeah i feel like it never got the attention it should have yeah
0: okay that's these are all really good untraditional movies i think by the both of us
1: <laughs> and num- number four i went a little bit off the map and went actually to back to your your kids ones i think sandlot has to be on this list Sandlot's on my, my Mount Rushmore. The way that it's completely about baseball, but not really about baseball. They barely yeah. like, play games that matter. They're just playing around. And it's more almost about like the nostalgia and romantic feelings that people have about baseball. Yeah. Uh, and it just kills it. Just nails it Yeah. That,
0: that movie's unreal. Um, I think I had in my mind, since I already did a kids' sports one, like I had already used it up on that, the only other ones I had for untraditional uh, that jumped out to me, one, and these are were honorable mentions, The Fighter. Yep. That's on there. Um, I got a real dark horse here. I don't know if you've seen this. Again, not big enough to make my list officially, but this movie, if you haven't seen it, is amazing. Big fan.
1: I have never watched it. I know exactly what movie you're talking oh, about. Oh, dude,
0: you got to see it. It's, it, it's uh, Patton Oswalt. Yeah. 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 And uh, probably Michael Rappaport's best performance ever.
1: Ooh. <laughs> if that sells you at all. That does. It actually, <laughs> it actually does make a difference.
0: Okay. So, all right. We were all over the map with Untraditional. Let's do our third category, comedy. And then we'll do these quick. Everyone's seen all these. Mine, the, these are no surprise. Happy Gilmore, Dodgeball, Talladega Nights, and The Replacements. Kim nice. yeah. I, that.
1: One. I thought we'd have a little more crossover maybe. I debated if i i almost felt like i had to put talladega knights just because will ferrell kind of should be on there but he didn't make it i went caddyshack happy gilmore major league and white men can't jump
0: all of those were in my uh, honorable mentions um somehow i've never seen even though i put it on the list i've never seen caddyshack although i've seen like clips here and there but I've never seen it. It's a tough look for you. It's tough. It's tough. I, I it's a bad luck. I only say it's tough. It's bad. I don't know how I've gone my whole life never seeing it. But, um, yeah, that's on. I I have to watch it at some point. But
1: yeah, spoiler alert. It's in very much in contention for my actual. Yeah. Full. No, watch I know. More.
0: It's it's one of those movies that I have no idea how. I mean, I've probably got like, on one hand, movies that I've just never seen, and I I don't know why. What's rock and roll is on there too. Uh,
1: that that <laughs> one's intentional, I think.
0: All right. Are we going to do docs or we've already done this for 10 minutes? Should we just go to all time?
1: Let's run through it quick.
0: Okay. Quick. For me, I, probably both of us. The last dance.
1: Yeah. It almost feels like cheating because it's like two days long, but yeah. Yeah. It's unreal.
0: Now, two of mine are 30 for 30s. One on the Fab Five. That one was obviously amazing. And then Once Brothers. Did you see that one?
1: Yeah, but not since it came out.
0: It's the one about with the, the um, Serbian uh, or Cro- yeah. Croatian. I can't remember with Vladi Divac yeah. and then the uh, the guard who died. Mm-hmm. That Amazing. One was really good. Then I'm gonna throw one out that is so good, and I could not be more pissed that I love it so much, and it's more than a game. The LeBron James High School Documentary.
1: Man, wow. Have you seen that? I think I've not watched it because I didn't want to watch a LeBron love fest, but. Yeah. If you're willing to give the cosign, I guess I gotta check it out. It's the only hour and a half time slot of my
0: entire life that I haven't hated the fuck out of LeBron James. Fair enough. Like it it's for that one hour and a half, I'm like I'm all in on him. And just the guy who did it, it was this guy who was in LeBron's class who just followed that team around with a video camera for his senior year.
1: Is it because it's high school LeBron?
0: Is there, yeah I think he it was before he full-on became like was on Sports yeah, Illustrated and, and because
1: as much of a LeBron hater admitted hater as I am when he came into the league I was all about it he was from Ohio I, I wanted him to be the next Jordan and then his persona in the NBA is what turned me off yeah so I, it kind of makes sense that maybe you'd get a different feel from him in high school you know it's funny
0: because I feel like they kind of play it the movie as it it's a tragedy almost which is weird but the final scene is he if you remember from the 2008 celtics playoff run when he was on the Cavs, he had that one in and out move no one's on the pod knows this or gives a fuck but he has this one in and out move on james posey and he has this insane classic lebron dunk and it was like game six mm-hmm. and the Cavs ended up winning to take it to seven where paul pierce scored like 40 points and won the game right but that game game six the movie though ends with like here's where all of his friends have gone off to what they're doing his core five friends or whatever from high school and now here's LeBron James he's in the NBA he's you know in the Eastern Conference Finals whatever and they kind of like the the end shot why I say it was a tragedy is the camera just sits on LeBron after he makes that dunk Celtics call timeout and he sits on the bench alone and none of his teammates have, like, come to the bench yet. And it kind of puts him in slow motion on the bench. And you kind of had a feeling of, like, he's made it, but none of his friends are here with him. And it's, like, kind of sad.
1: Yeah, now I know why you love this. Yeah, because exactly. Because it frame, it frames up high school as the peak of existence. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think like, that's oh, it. You know what was better than being LeBron James winning titles being LeBron James in high school. This
0: group of five <laughs> friends from high school. <laughs> Anyways, just watch it. You watch that. I'll watch Caddyshack. Actually, I'll watch
1: Caddyshack. You watch that in big fan. <laughs> uh, fair enough, I guess. All right. Go ahead with yours. All right. Yeah. So, Last Dance is on there, but my actual number one on the list is possibly the greatest piece of artwork I've ever seen ever. And that's OJ made in America. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. It's unbelievable. If you haven't seen it, it's like four parts and like eight total hours, just like the last dance, but it's, it's incredible. Yep. Um. So that's number one. I've got last dance on there. Then I've got free solo, the oh, uh, climbing one. Oh, so good. One. And then the 30 for 30 that I landed on was actually all, another OJ related thing. It was the uh, June 17th, 1994. Mm. which is just presented there's no it's just about that day all this crazy stuff that was going on in sports including the oj chase and the white bronco and the whole thing is just presented with like news footage and game footage no talking heads it's just like put kind of trying to put you in what it was like to be channel surfing that day so cool
0: yep and even it was uh, i did you just say this it was on the finals NBA was, finals and yeah, the
1: Knicks and um, I can't remember it's been so long since I've seen. It. Yeah.
0: I, anyways, I, I just didn't hear if you said that one too, but that was also what they were like chronicling it was yeah. crazy of like the NBA finals was like cutting away to a car chase. Like yeah. never do that. But anyways. Um, okay. Let's wrap all this up. Cause we, we belabored it too much. I think both of us need to have Hoosiers and Rudy on our final one. Right. seems like we both synced up on those.
1: I kind of feel like ultimately you have to choose
0: between the two. I, I think it's like the Indiana sports movie
1: as, as the like, just which one do you think is the better ideal of that traditional, like pure inspiration, <sighs> cheesy, but still so good. Then movie?
0: I think we have to do Rudy to I me. Mean, I want to say Hoosiers cause this is going to be a Hoosiers pod, but I think Rudy is
1: I actually, I actually agree
0: by our definition. Yep. I think. Rudy. Okay. So we have Rudy as one. Remember the Titans was another one that we had synced up.
1: I think that's where I liked having that traditional list because I don't think I would put, I don't think I would put them on my ultimate one. I I think for me
0: I if, if are we gonna keep it separate? Or are we gonna let's keep it separate? Okay, for me then I'm gonna throw Hoosiers back. It's gonna be Hoosiers, Rudy, Remember the Titans, very all traditional, and then uh, Moneyball, dude. I got to have Moneyball for me, Moneyball. One, I love the the uh, Brad Pitt performance. But two, the, I, I got to go on chills a lot here. Like I, f- Chills is such a big factor in sports movies for me. And when they're going on that run in Moneyball, the streak, like the 20-game win streak, mm-hmm. when they're playing the... Fuck it, I'm just going to throw a little of it in right now. Give the kids some chills. It's taken 71 years. The Oakland A's have time. SHUT When they're playing that dude, I am at, like, a fucking 10 on the chill factor. The guy's got, fair. like, a gravelly... Vo- Anyways, that's why I want to put Moneyball on there.
1: That's fair. I So, I'm going to go Rudy. I'm going to put Rocky Four on there. Yeah. It's just it's just perfected. Yeah. Um, I'm going to stick Warrior on there. I think it's that good. Damn. And then I was going to do Caddyshack to round it out. But I think you kind of just convinced me that there's got to be, there's got to be at least a, like one chills moment yeah, in there. So I think I'm going to go Sandlot. Sandlot
0: is a classic. I really want to do that on the pod at some point. I think it's a must do on the pod. Are you saying you want to be locked in for that? Lock me in, okay. lock me up, lock you in, lock you up. All right. That was about as robust as we are going to get on a Mount Rushmore of sports movies. Now let's, let's actually get why we're here and talk Hoosiers. Oh, right, 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 right. I got a lot to say about this director. By the way, this movie, 1986, and it was directed by David Anspa. Mm-hmm. IU guy. Yeah. This guy went to IU, same as you and I, uh, also directed Rudy.
1: I know. No big deal. Do you know that the writer was the same? They were roommates yeah. at IU.
0: Roommates. And one
1: of my aunts uh, knew them
0: at IU. Guess who also knew this director? This podcaster. And when I say no, I mean I met him once. You met him once? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I met him once in college, realized senior year that my resume when I was going out for my first entry-level jobs was pretty weak because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. all I had was nothing. And so- I, I mean,
1: come on. You would park some cars and stuff. No, you hadn't no, parked No, I hadn't cars parked yet. cars
0: yet. So I was like, I got to get something on my fucking resume- so I joined the Business Careers and Entertainment Club.
1: I remember BCEC.
0: BCEC. We took a networking trip out to L.A. and just met with like XIU grads and like networked it like, hey, who's 20 people we can meet with who are now in the film industry in L.A. and went to IU? And one of the guys was David Anspa. We sat down with him and just asked the shit out of all these Bloomington questions to him
1: that bcec is also the intro into one of my coolest stories which is about how i smoked weed with ryan philippe that is correct that was at a what a uh, movie screening that BCC set yeah, up yeah bcec set up a screening of mcgruber before it came out <laughs> yep. and uh some of the stars came along including Philippi and yorma tacconi from uh, who directed it he's from lonely island and yeah we ran into him out at the bars later and Invited and our, our friend Kyle invited him back to smoke weed. <laughs> yep. And uh, even though I don't really smoke weed, I smoked weed with Ryan Philippi and argued about uh, LeBron Tom Brady James and LeBron James <laughs> and a bunch of stuff like that. It was awesome. It, dude, Ryan
0: Philippi, close at heart to this podcast. So close. Yeah. He's a big deal around here. He,
1: he also, in that conversation, just casually mentioned that um his ex wife and Peyton Manning were born in the same hospital on the same day and at one point they are the highest paid athlete and highest paid actress in, in the United States and the world. Yep. And obviously he was just talking about his casually about his ex ex wife Reese Weatherspin. Yeah. Pretty it's a it's a flex. It's a yeah. flex by
0: by Philippi. Uh this movie was the first movie he ever directed. Like you said, his roommate Angelo Pizzo wrote it and just said like, hey dude, you gotta direct this shit. Anyways, um all right plot of this movie you should know it kids i'm gonna read it anyways a classic tale of redemption this film features a volatile coach and a former star player turned alcoholic leading a small town basketball team on an improbable run to the indiana high school championship coach norman dale encounters several hurdles in his path, a feisty teacher determined to keep the best player from going out for the team, a town chock full of second-guessing fathers and a group of undisciplined athletes. Story inspired by the Milan Indians state title run of 1954 in Indiana. Hoosiers.
1: guess this is a good enough time to say it as any, that this is one of the the hick towns in... Indiana that it has a, a name of a European city that's pronounced completely differently. It's actually pronounced Milan, Indiana.
0: Oh shit. It
1: sounds, it's spelled Milan, Yeah, but it's Milan.
0: Should we still just call
1: it Milan? Sure.
0: Yeah. That's how little we respect that town.
1: <laughs> I mean, the, they didn't respect the writer. Didn't respect it enough to keep it in the movie. So also, um, good as t- time as any, because I actually made note of this. I don't know if I, would have gotten it before i watched the movie do you know what the hickory mascot is
0: yeah uh corn husker the
1: huskers yeah
0: yeah i know anna brought that up when we were watching it she was just completely confused why uh cob of corn was the mascot
1: and they never mention it or like I don't, I don't even know if they ever say it out loud it's just like written on a bus a couple times or something like that
0: it's it sounds like a sex move the hickory husker do you want it no <laughs> <laughs> I I don't think so. That's a mistake by you. A couple of things here. Based loosely on this this championship run from 1954. So there were some similarities, some differences. I'm going to just quickly go through some of them. Similarities. No divisions back then. You know, like D3, D2, D1. So it was totally... Probable, open. yeah that a town or a school with that small of a class could go up against a big school
1: i think that was still the case even like by the time my dad was playing high school basketball it was still
0: correct apparently that was going on until the late 90s yeah both champions spoiler alert both champions one by two on similar plays similar jimmy chitwood plays and played in the played that championship game in the actual gym that they played it in back in the fifties, Butler's Hinkle Fieldhouse. Famous differences. Team was actually a favorite coming in. They were not underdogs.
1: Yeah, they were. They just destroyed everybody all year. I think.
0: Yeah, they went nineteen and two, and uh, were favorites going into the championship game. Uh, regardless of like the small class size. Yeah, didn't matter. They were still the best um okay that's it on similarities and differences i don't know
1: more. Do, do you know the real jimmy chitwood do you know what his name was
0: oh as an actor
1: no 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 like the, the basketball the real life basketball player who's the star of that team
0: oh no his name
1: was bobby plump yeah that guy and that guy that was guy good gets, at basketball in the 50s so. he gets
0: baskets in the 50s for yeah. sure they're also uh jimmy chitwood the actor's name was pretty badass
1: yeah, he's he's a he was foreign or not
0: i'm maybe not actually foreign but it's foreign sounding name i think or, yeah let me look this up so his name was super cool maris volanis maris Valanus. that's pretty cool i'm probably spelling that last his, name uh, pronouncing probably it probably actually
1: sounds even cooler if you say it right yeah yeah yeah, yeah that, i can't i can't pretend to say that he's a good actor based on this movie he maybe he is there's just no way of knowing
0: no the, it's because all the players were just the the movie was so their budget was so small and they probably just spent all of it on gene hackman that all the players were not actors they were just like basketball players they grabbed locally in indiana
1: the one guy the um shooter's son went on to like do stuff though right yeah he did yeah i think so yeah he's ever like, yeah his face is like i know that face
0: yeah okay Fun fact, this one was kind of interesting for the championship game at Hinkle Fieldhouse. They could not get enough people, enough extras to just go and sit in the crowd for a fake basketball game. So they had to go to a high school game that was happening in Indiana, ask them to film at the half and after the game so they can get some of the crowd And the crowd showed up in 50s. Garb, like costumes. So they were told, like, "Hey, if you're going to the local game, high school basketball game tonight, wear some Chuck
1: T's." Kind of incredible that they could make that happen, but they couldn't get people to show up. Yeah, to get to be given costumes to be in the stands. <clears throat> yeah, they
0: said they had like a costume director like walking through the stands and like parting people's hair
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to make them look like 50s people.
0: Last one. Last fun fact.
1: I've got one too.
0: Okay. Uh, Last one for me. Steve Holler played basketball for DePaul University at the time of filming. When the movie was released, him and a couple of the other basketball players who actually were playing in the NCAA at the time, they wanted to penalize them saying that they actually played basketball for money. And the NCAA eventually suspended them, but they were able to get it overturned saying that they were hired as actors, not basketball players still suspended for three games and told they had to return 5% of their pay.
1: And that is why the NCAA is the worst. Yup. That's insane.
0: Yeah. What's yours?
1: Um, so mine was another one about like similarities, differences. The real coach was like 26 and obviously didn't get like a they, run they didn't try to run him out of town or anything none of that drama existed but so they their reasoning it for making him a middle-aged guy in the screenplay was that he had to the coach had to feel like he was on his last chance couldn't feel like he had a bunch of opportunities in front of him for there to be drama and usually i feel like when they when you're watching a base on a true story, most of the things they change your, that seem like they'll seem like, why would you bother changing that? Like, why would you like, who cares if you, if they're, if it's the Milan Indians versus the Hickory Mm -hmm. Huskers, but like that is actually a good change that like added to the drama for sure.
0: Yeah. I think they made a lot of uh, artistic decisions like that, that, that totally made sense
1: and panned out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And that's why this movie's it's on our Mount Rushmore's dude. They made the right decisions. Guess some rotten
1: tomatoes. I I purposefully avoided this. It's got to be pretty high. I'm going to say 92.
0: Yeah, I've I know this movie was made in 86 and because of that, I think I just have 86 as the rotten tomato <laughs> score in my head, but I'm going <laughs> to guess 86. Hoosiers is Certified Fresh. What'd you say? 92. 91. Wow, you are more in line with the critics. I am more in line with the people at eighty-eight.
1: What people like? Who's going to see this movie as a person and being like, "Fuck that!" I want. I wanted to see a movie called Hoosiers that was totally different than that.
0: Well, I guess Anna from HR would be in that twelve percent because she kind of felt underwhelmed. <laughs> she had never seen it somehow before well, the
1: night. Also, it's definitely a little dated. It is. It is um, a little bit, yeah. and it it took it a long time to feel dated. I think because it's a movie that was made in the late '80s uh, that took place in the early '50s. So I think that that period piece thing gives it a, like an ex- some extra runway. Yeah, it does. But just like some of the way it's it's you know it's paced and shot and acted and stuff. You're like, all right, it's starting to feel old now. Yeah. So if you're seeing it for the first time in 2021, it might be a little underwhelming.
0: That's what happened to her. But I think if you grew up with this movie. It's, yeah, it's in the nineties. Um, all right, player breakdown. Not too many that we need to cover here, but let's do it, Gene Hackman. Coach Norman Dale. One, I think this guy is a massive dick in real life from everything I was looking up on him.
1: Really? Yeah. The only thing I know about him is that, so, first of all, he's 55 in this movie and he looked that age for 30 plus years, I think. Dude,
0: that's exactly what I wrote. Gene Hackman has been 55 his whole life. There you go. At <laughs> that exact
1: age. <laughs>
0: 55 and then I put in parentheses even in the 60s. He still looked 55.
1: Right. Yeah, so that's this is like he's he's already looked like this for a long time when he makes this movie. He looks like that for at least another 20 years, but then he just disappeared. And I remember seeing some story about how he's just been like hanging out in some town in Ari- like some smallish town in Arizona just being an old guy, like a pretty much normal old guy for like 10 years now.
0: Yeah, he, uh, you know what it was, was uh, he did Welcome to Mooseport in 2004 and realized, what the fuck am I even doing anymore? I'm out.
1: (laughs) He hasn't acted since. Is it really? So, wow. Yeah. 17 years now.
0: That's he. He just like, he did that bullshit uh, Ray Romano movie and then, yeah, see you later. But yeah, it's kind of sad because Gene Hackman is an unbelievable
1: actor. Yeah. No doubt.
0: Just let's say that like all this, all these shots fired on him, always looking like an old man and stuff, Morgan Freeman style. Every movie he's ever been in. I've never been disappointed.
1: No, he's a great actor. There's no, I don't think anybody would debate that. Yeah.
0: Apparently he was a massive dick though. The director said, uh, he first day of shooting, He's such a dick he came in he was an entirely different person than he ever was meeting him. He made it hell on earth for for the director every day he was everything negative negative. Um, and he wanted off the movie and I think that I think a lot of the stuff I was reading he kept telling everyone like throughout the shooting of the whole thing like worst decision of my whole life being in this movie this thing this thing is gonna be like the biggest shit show like flop of all time. He said to Pizzo the writer on the last day of filming, he said, I just want you to be prepared for the fact that this movie might get on a few screens here in Indiana, but that it'll end up in the dustbin of films that never made it. And the only people who will remember it are you two, <laughs> the, the, the writer and the director. And he said, and I hope I forget it when the plane lands in Los Angeles. And he, the, the writer said, Gene had a lot more experience in filmmaking than we did. So we thought his assessment was probably accurate. But then it went on to be like hugely successful.
1: So fuck you, Gene Hackman. Obviously, fuck you. And obviously, like he could he literally was the could not have been more wrong. The exact opposite happened, and it's like a super, super, super well remembered movie. But also, even if it was the worst piece of shit ever, who says that to someone's face? Yeah. I know. That's like a fucked up move. That's like the hardest mad jab I've ever heard ever.
0: Yeah, especially when someone's like putting their heart and soul in something. Like, look, we're doing a we're doing a podcast, and like, even if like everything I say is like a two out of ten at best, I mean, you're not gonna say it to my face as I'm putting all like my blood, sweat, and tears into this podcast. No, I'll text it to you later. Yeah, tell your wife when you get home. (laughs) Obviously, the Jack Nicholson fun fact: apparently, he wanted to play Coach Norman Dale. The reason he couldn't was he was serving as a witness in a lawsuit, uh, which sidelined him for six months anyways Gene Hackman had to sign on after the film came out Nicholson said to the director that the movie and stars were great but that it would have quote been a mega hit if I had been the star in it end quote Nicholson flex
1: he's not wrong I mean it's really really hard to picture it with anyone besides Hackman at this point and it's hard to picture it with Nicholson in general but he would have brought like a different intensity yeah And I'll tell you one thing. I definitely would have bought his chemistry with the teacher way more than I bought Uh, Hackman.
0: Don't even get into that. That's a tease. That's a tease. Tease Tease Tease. it. Tease it hard. We'll we'll come back to that. We will come back to that. It's a fucking abomination in this film. Um, Last thing on Gene Hackman is I got to say, dude, we were talking about movies he crushes. I don't know if you've seen those old Superman's, but like they're actually pretty decent and a big part of it is how good Gene Hackman is, is Lex Luthor. Yeah, he's Luthor, yeah. And it's the only time that the Superman movies haven't been pure shit and garbage, is it the pro- 70s it, it ones. It
1: proves, yet again, one of my f- my biggest theories on this, which is that all superhero movies are about the villain, or at least, bare minimum, that how good they are comes down to how good the villain is. 100%, I because agree with that. Because everyone knows the superhero is gonna win, so you gotta give him some foil that Brings a lot to the table.
0: Oh, look, I know you're not going to understand this. I got to just say it. it the, it's the the comp to that is Bachelor. It's Bachelor. It, the the it's only as good as the actual contestants all vying for the love of the guy. Whoever the lead guy is, it doesn't matter. He can be a total zero. Who gives a shit? But it really all falls on to like who the cast is. Anyways,
1: I hate, I hate that analogy.
0: <laughs> the last thing. I I don't know how many last things of Gene Hackman I'm going to have. The the 75th last thing about Gene Hackman is I think his performance as Lex Luthor is very comparable to Jack Nicholson's Joker in Batman. Both of them kind of like superhero movies were not a thing at all in like the 60s, you know, leading up to the 70s, whatever Lex Luthor and. Gene Hackman and Superman, Christopher Reeves kind of changed that in the 70s, and then Batman in the late 80s, early 90s, with Jack Nicholson's performance, and now, now you can't get a movie in theater that is not a superhero movie. Those guys are the pioneers.
1: For sure, and I wish, again, I wish they would look more back at what made those so good. Yeah.
0: All right, Dennis Hopper, second guy. I don't have much on him. Do, have you... This guy's like a big deal, yeah. but... I don't know too much about him.
1: Yeah, I mean he's he was before our time, a big deal, kind of Um, definitely going back to the '60s. Easy Rider. There's, I guess that's where the Nicholson connection kind of comes in too. Uh Oh, I think they were they were boys, or at least a few in the in the '60s and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so he was kind of. I feel like he was kind of like a counterculture dude, and then he aged into just like kind of a character actor who popped up now and then. I. One of the things I always think of him from is he's the bad guy in Speed. Oh yeah, so he's like he's like a guy that you see, but once you get into the '90s, he's not doing big roles anymore. No, it's
0: sad because one of the only roles I've ever I know him from is the dad in Paul Walker's Meet the Deedles. That's sad.
1: That's that's a big yikes. That's sad. That's that's a pretty far to fall. But
0: dude, this guy I, this guy crushed this movie. Best Supporting Actor nominee from this movie for the Oscars. This movie had two nominations: Shooter role of Dennis Hopper, and then also uh, the score of this movie also nominated. Jerry Goldsmith, also yeah.
1: Rudy. The the yep. the trio that went on for Rudy. That um, guy knew it. He knew it. So on that, I'm I'm sure we'll get. We're I guess we're so we're in the character breakdown now. I I see where. Why he got nominated, and he probably does the best pure acting job in this movie. But on rewatch, like now, that's the character where it's just like, "I do we really need this guy?"
0: Really, I I felt the complete opposite. I felt the complete which is
1: kind of came in out of nowhere. Was like kind of weird that he was involved. Kind of felt a little bit forced. And then he ultimately doesn't contribute anything.
0: To me, it felt like if this was a two thousand and twenty one movie he's definitely way more fucked up. Like he's not just an alcoholic. He's also like dabbling in pills and probably
1: well, I mean, tons of other drugs. Probably Ben Affleck from the way back where they, yeah, know, they, they explore it a little bit more.
0: Yeah. And I don't know. Like I, I still thought it was really good. Like when I was watching it back, I registered. I like this guy's performance the, the best, but Hey, to each their own real quick though. Last character. Cause I want to get into this movie. Jimmy Chitwood. It's the only other guy I want to discuss.
1: There's not a lot to unpack here.
0: No. He only had 33 total words of dialogue.
1: I was going to say, if you say lines, there's no way. It's words. Words.
0: Yeah. It's all in that one scene. We'll get to it when he, he uh, shows up to the town hall meeting or whatever. But I just thought it was interesting when I was reading up on this guy because a lot of those basketball scenes were like unedited real scenes where like mm-hmm. he would make like. 10 straight shots yeah. while they were filming and yeah. they just needed you, you could, only one take.
1: You could tell. Oh, really? Cause yeah, yeah. you could, you could yeah. tell that like there's definitely shots where he's, they wouldn't have used the way he keeps screwing up the, the dribble on this dirt. <laughs> like he keeps having to like lean over and pick the ball up off the ground and then shoot it. And he just keeps drilling it. He, he's drilling them all. And even on that last, I, I read
0: this thing that they were saying on that last shot in the championship game, that was actually, like I said, at Hinkle Fieldhouse. And they said to him, like, hey, look, even if you miss this shot.
1: We're just going to edit it.
0: Yeah, we're going to edit it. We're going to do that trick where, like, we show you shooting it. And then we just do a close-up on the ball going through a hoop or whatever. But we got one take at this. So even if you miss it, everyone in the arena is going to rush the court after the game. So good luck. And he went out and totally nailed nailed the shot.
1: Clutch, man. Yeah, so clutch. I've got, a, I've, I've got a note here later, but I guess might as well read it now that what it comes down to, this is how we can sum up the, the character breakdown of Jimmy Chitwood, is he's essentially, from a basketball perspective, a combination of like Kobe, MJ, Dame, and Steph,
0: if they were all white as hell. <laughs> if
1: they were all white <laughs> with a comb over. Yeah,
0: in the fifties. Yeah, I like that comp, dude. Jimmy Chitwood is to that small town like uh, all those guys combined <laughs> for sure. That town treats him like he walks on water. He like walks in in that town hall meeting, and everyone's like, "Oh shit, it's Jimmy." Jimmy's here. Jimmy's here. shit. Everyone, shut up. Jimmy's here. here. Can you imagine (laughs) if some high school kid just walked in and all the adults are like, "Oh shit, it's Jimmy."
1: Fuck. (laughs) It's hilarious. Guys, better do what he says. All
0: right, let's transition into the movie because I got more Jimmy thoughts, but I want to I want to get some of this score in as we get off the characters and into the movie. All right, Norman Dale, he's coming into the town, like you said. He's He's got a checkered pass. This is like his last chance, so he's coming into this town. Jimmy Chitwood is the first guy he sees, and I just want to say, like, he is the most 50s basketball player I've ever
1: seen in my life. Just always playing basketball in jeans with his, like, flannel tucked tucked into his jeans. That or the exact bottom outfit you just described with
0: the flannels off and it's just a 50s white tee.
1: White t-shirt, with the sleeves a little bit rolled, tucked into, tucked his, into jeans. his jeans. Tucked into his
0: <laughs> jeans. Yeah. But even everything about Jimmy Chitwood screams 50s Indiana basketball from his outfit to like even how he dribbles and shoots. Mm-hmm. I, I have this as a nit to pick later, but I just want to say this. Jimmy Chitwood is all right-handed and that makes – If you ever look at old footage from the fifties, all those guys are dominant hand. They don't dribble with their offhand at all. Jimmy Chitwood is all right hand. And even his form, the elbows in dude, it's great form, his elbows in. Um, but it's even that thing where like a lot of people in the fifties, a lot of them were shooting like jump shots off one foot or just one handed. Yeah. And the offhand is like barely there to just guide it, but it's mostly like just the set shot,
1: a like, set yeah, shot. Yeah.
0: And he kind of looks like he has like a perfect 50 set shot.
1: Yeah. It, it does. It is really well done in terms of feeling period. Correct. Like, yeah, most of, I mean, there's plenty of flaws you can pick as with essentially every sports movie ever with the actual gameplay and what they show on the court and all that stuff. But for the most part, it at least feels like they are fifties guys. It's like, yeah, it's not like they look like it's shitty basketball being played in 1986. It looks like shitty basketball being played in 1950. Cause
0: it was, yeah. but I want to get, that's a good point that you bring up the movie glory road, which is a movie about the sixties, uh, mm-hmm. where it, they just Texas tried to Western or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They, they essentially just tried to recreate, remember the Titans in basketball form. Uh, like 10 years after the Titans movie came out, and it didn't work at all. Josh, is his name Josh Lucas? Josh
1: Lucas, yeah.
0: I don't know why he never works in movies. I really like him, but his movies, they just never really work. Anyways, that movie, it's 2010 basketball being played in the 60s. Guys are throwing backboard, like off the backboard alley-oops, and they're windmilling dunks, and it's like. Just totally takes you out of it. The fuck is this? Yeah. So anyways, I love that about Hoosiers where it's like, yeah, this is how they played in the fifties.
1: Yeah. It's like, like even in the getting ahead of it in the championship game, if there was a guy that could dunk, he probably still wouldn't be. No. (laughs) Like he'd be laying it in, like kind of letting the ball go at the rim.
0: I can't remember if it was Will Chamberlain or Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, but one of them, they had to change the rules. Because you
1: weren't allowed to throw the ball downwards to the hoop, right?
0: Something like that. Or like they were dunking too much. I don't even remember, but they had to like physically change rules. For them, and that was in the you know the '60s and stuff. So yeah, I, if you if there would have been players dunking, it would have just been really weird. Yeah. Okay, let's go to the first practice. This is Norman Dale showing you what he's all when he's going to be all about. I'm just throw a clip in here of uh, getting a little taste of some of his. Uh, he's really doing a culture change, you know. He's coming in, changing the culture, bringing in some discipline with the boys. Clip. Come on, palms up, palms up, hold it. Hold it! Let's be real clear about what we're after here. Wipe that smile off your face.
1: This is not funny.
0: The five players on the floor function as one single unit. Team, 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 right?
1: No one more important than the other. Pop them. Pop them, Get rid of them. Come on.
0: I gotta say, I believe Hackman is a coach. Totally. He, he sold the shit out of it.
1: Yeah, he's got... He really has like coach mannerisms and like the way he, like even the way when he's throwing the ball, the way he kind of flip flicks the ball as he's passing it. Oh yeah. Make it pop. Yeah. Yeah. So like that. Yeah. That's, that looks like a coach throwing the ball to somebody. I don't know.
0: I agree. I I think he sold it. I, I remember so many of these and I don't even know if, you know, like you've got, you got two boys now when they get into sports or when my future kids get into sports, who knows? I don't know what coaches will be like. Like, I don't know if everyone's going to be like pussy coaches in the future, you know, like just, Mm -hmm. Hey, you're doing a great job. Kids, you're doing great. Everyone's great. Everyone's great. Everyone's great.
1: Everyone's great. We, so we did enough time. um, We spent enough time on our Mount Rushmore's earlier, but one of my things is that like, the movie Whiplash might be the best sports movie ever. Oh, fuck! But obviously, it's not a sports movie. So I wasn't going to bring in the Mount Rushmores. But I've always Damn. thought that Whiplash is really a sports movie. Yeah. it's like a coach-player thing, and about how like you need in order to reach your potential, you need to be pushed sometimes. And so like that level of yeah. the, the Whiplash guy, it, we're not going to get that. I don't think. I I actually we'll, hope my kids don't get that, but we'll get there.
0: First off, real great point. We should, I kind of want to put whiplash on my own traditional movies, but that's a good question. Will kids get pushed in the future to be great? (laughs) You know, is that even going to happen? Is that going to be a thing in the future? Or is it just like, hey man, nice try? You suck dick at basketball, but okay.
1: Who cares? We all you're, get trophies. You're getting worried about participation trophies. I'm so worried
0: about participation. Yeah, I'm so worried about those. I if my kid ever brings home like an eighth place trophy, I don't know how quick it. I'm gonna, gonna chuck punt- it out the <laughs> wall,
1: punt yeah. it over the back fence.
0: But um, growing up though, those coaches were everywhere in my life, and looking back now, I really appreciate it because I do feel like I would have been such an idiot had I not had that guy like Norman Dale who came in and be like, what the "Fuck are you doing? Yeah, shut the fuck up, kid." You know nothing,
1: idiot. Yeah, and he doesn't do a ton of that, which is why I think absolutely our kids will still get at you know, Normandale level of pushing. Um, but to your point, I can't believe I'm going to be the one of the two of us that brings up Adam Carolla. But oh, wow. Pat always talks about how there's... Carolla would always bring up that he would never be like the person he is if he hadn't been yelled at by some asshole in a windbreaker with a a whistle or whatever, like basically why he would want his kids to still play football, which I totally agree with. Yeah. There's like, there's literally no better character building thing than team sports with a coach who's pushing you.
0: I hope to God my kids are getting screamed at by a guy who's making 30K a year and just like living some weird life as like... Wearing
1: khaki shorts that are too short and a windbreaker. Yes. Yes. Last thing on on Norman Dale since uh, we're we're talking about how we need our kids to be yelled at by guys in Windbreakers. Norman Dale's coat game in this movie, pretty awesome. He rocks a pretty sweet leather jacket and a pretty sweet pea coat and just kind of made me want to be like outside in Indiana in the fall wearing, wearing a sweet coat.
0: So that's not, he's not wearing like a sport coat such?
1: During games he is. Oh, okay. But whenever he's like walking around the town and stuff. He's either wearing this leather jacket yeah. or this sweet pea coat.
0: Yeah, I gotta say, dude, a lot of these like styles are they're they're cyclical. I mean, if you want to bring a pea coat, it's like I don't think anyone's gonna bat hey, an eye.
1: No, I hundred percent Norman. That's what I'm saying. Normandale's fifties coats are in right now. The only question is, can I bring back Jimmy Chitwood's white tee tucked into my jeans? I mean, I pray
0: to God. I, if you're ever shooting hoops in the backyard, I would. And then just maybe also that 50s thing where you roll the cigarettes That's up in the sleeves. That's what I'm saying. The yeah, sleeves. Have those sleeves a little rolled. Yeah. 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 But I mean, yeah, dude.
1: Jimmy Chitwood would never smoke cigarettes. But yeah, other than that.
0: I do, I do want to get to some things on not the fashion uh, outside of the game, but some fashion inside of the game once mm. we get back to basketball. But we can get into the basketball stuff or we can get into the teacher stuff, but I, I don't want to, I, I feel like when we go basketball, we should just go basketball the whole rest of the way and finish it out. Cause the whole movie is, is just about the team and all that.
1: Okay. Then the teacher's
0: going to have to be brought up at some point. And I don't know if we need to get into it now or when
1: I've got thoughts either way. So you call it.
0: Let's just do the teacher shit now. All right. Okay. I, I Uh, I got to transition somehow into this teacher lady. Yeah. I I can't, I can't get off of her. I just want to say there's, there is a massive hole in this movie, which is the love connection. He's trying to form with this teacher who is also the acting principal of the school for some reason. And also Jimmy Chitwood's guardian because his parents are like out of the picture or something. I think his dad died.
1: His parents were out of the picture. the The, coo- R. R. the coach who died, had just died, and that's why Normandale's coming into town, was like basically Jimmy's father figure. That's what they say early on. All right. So can I just give my MCITW this girl? I, I, I'm not. I know we have awards
0: at the end, but it's going to go to her. So should I just do it now? Because I it. hate her. MCITW, that is the worst award on this entire podcast. It's for the person who sucks the most dick in the film, not literally figurative dick. This lady sucks the most figurative dick I've ever seen. And it's all sponsored by Wickloware. W I C K L W Ware. Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wickloware.com. Type in the promo code VL. Check get 10% off your order. of kids. That's $30 on the baseball tees, $20 on the tanks. And you know, all the rest is on our Instagram. Go there, slide in, get it. This lady, dude. First, I know that. This movie was originally, like, over three hours long, It I read. And it had to be cut back. And one of the first things that went was a lot of the love scenes with this lady. Mm-hmm. So I think there was, like, 45 minutes of, like, building the connection between these two that was cut. Yeah, you can see where it's missing. I When they kissed, at like, three-fourths this way through this movie, I wrote in my notes, is that the most out-of-place kiss scene in any
1: movie in movie history, also a terrible kiss. It just like like I, I think that's on Gene Hackman. That's yeah, Gene Hackman kiss. can't kiss. But hold on, real also, quick,
0: dude. About kissing, you know who also cannot kiss on film? Probably who? Kevin Costner. <laughs> <laughs> this guy. And, it's Spacey. like dude probably but it's like Kevin Costner just open your mouth a little bit when you kiss like you don't need to full on make out but like you can't just do a, like a passionate closed mouth kiss passionate peck yeah it doesn't work
1: yeah dude, but, but ba- back to this particular bad kiss it, it also happens li- like they're going on this little walk together and he goes in for the kiss literally immediately after telling the story of how he punched his former player in the face and has no excuse and then just kisses her <laughs> Wait, what <laughs>
0: that whole story and and i'll get to it later on uh is nits to pick but yeah dude the whole thing it's just like
1: what she's like 55 she is 32. 33. Yeah. She could be Uh, she she could be twenty eight. She could be forty five. I don't know. I
0: think he's twenty years older than her. I've just never bought into it. I was always confused like why this girl is making out with someone her dad's age. And to me, it's it's like Bill Simmons' biggest gripe with for love of the game is the whole Kelly Preston storyline with the aforementioned Kevin Costner. Like why have it? Just cut it out. Like it's the same in this movie. We didn't need this chick as Jimmy Chitwood's guardian. We didn't need it. And we also didn't need her as assistant principal. We don't need her as a love interest. Just get her out of the movie.
1: But I I, I am gonna ask you the most important question right. of the pod right now. Was she fucking Jimmy? <laughs> there there are some some touches and some looks that pass between them where I'm like, they were fucking. Dude, if they
0: were fucking then I don't know why that's left on the cutting room floor because that would have at least made the story palatable to me.
1: But I think what really makes it jump at me is that these looks that pass between the two of them, these touches that are clearly supposed to be like maternal, but there's more sexual charge in the maternal (laughs) touches and looks that she gives Jimmy than there are in any of the interactions between her and Gene Hackman by far. So if she is fucking Norman Dale, then she's definitely fucking Jimmy. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I like that. Let's just go with that. She's definitely at least at least handjobs to Jimmy.
1: Bare minimum.
0: Yeah. Cool. Now, that makes me feel better. So, lady, get fucked. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wickloware. We hate you. Don't know why you are in this film. We'll probably get back to you sucking later. All right. Basketball. Back to the basketball. Game one, dude. Coach has this policy. Four passes or, or more. And he's trying to instill with the boys a little ball movement, a little bit of get get the motion going, get everyone involved. You don't just come up and just chuck up shots. I liked it. I personally liked it. I like all of his policies. Again, it's old school. It's like, hey, day one of practice, no ball. No ball, boys. Very old school. No ball, boys.
1: Classic. We're just going to be doing a bunch
0: of drills. It's going to be the lamest practice of all time.
1: Uh, and we're going to have like a bench of one person. So we're going to be in the best shape. Like that part actually is legit. It was like, Oh yeah, yeah we're going to have, we don't even have a bench. So we're going to have to all be in better shape than every team we play.
0: Yeah. Let's run some suicides fellas. Loved it. I loved it. Game one. It was a uh, game. One gave us everything of like, cause there was that whole thing where the team started doing their own thing. Like the fuck the four passes. We're just going to start shooting or whatever. And like, it was the best as the game ended. The kid yeah. who kept shooting all the shots without passing, he took him out. He's like, hey, get on the bench, bitch. And then the the guy fouls yeah. out. And so now they only have five guys left. The guy who he benched just gets up to get into the game. And he's like, what are you doing? He's like, wait, there, we only have four guys out there. You have to put me in. He's like, nah, dude. I'm playing with four.
1: <laughs> I actually I'm do. With like Four. The it's it's corny and you know fairly unrealistic and everything, but in terms of something you brought up before about sports movie chills, the ref comes over and says, "Coach, need one more. My team's on the floor." What are you trying to do? And the way he says it, it's, oh. like, it's like a little mini chill moment. You're like, "Oh, this guy's this guy's doing his thing." Dude, it is. And by the way, that is.
0: A an actual thing. If you, you can finish a game with four in basketball, you have to start with five, but you can finish with four.
1: Yeah. Cause technically you could like legitimately have everybody foul out or get hurt. Yeah.
0: So it, it's an actual, it's not like that was unrealistic. You can't do that. Such a fucking awesome move by coach of like, Hey, you're going to feel the long dick discipline that's coming at you right now by
1: long me. <laughs> Normandale dick discipline, dick.
0: Yeah. Um, All right, you were saying about fashion, though. I just want to say, and I noticed it in this first game, the -the on-the-court fashion, it's tough. It's real tough for the 50s boys. Now, jerseys are always kind of the same, you know, up top, a little baggier in the 90s, 2000s, that sort of thing. But for the most part, jerseys up top are fine. The shorts, though, real tough in the 50s. Um, but it's not even just the shorts. It's the combination of the short shorts that are so short, with the high top Chuck tees, and then the high socks that are scrunched down. That combination on hairy white male legs, dude. It's everyone looks like they have cankles, and everyone looks unathletic.
1: I should have I should have thought more about how much you were gonna clock the the calf down. You clock you you clock that way more than I do. Yeah. So i'm not even really picturing it that much but i i'm 100 sure that you're spot on about how it looked i thought you were also going to bring up it's like it's short shorts but it's short shorts that are like basically squares <laughs> like there's no yeah. so they're like kind of like not even baggy isn't the right word they just have no shape and then everyone just looks terrible
0: everyone looks really unathletic also i think the shorts had belts
1: <laughs> they, they probably needed belts if they didn't <laughs> Which have belts. Is weird.
0: It's a tough look. It's tough. I, I get they nailed it though. That is what players looked like. Like yeah. I'm like. there's a sixties picture up there right now, and you can kind of see it even still in the sixties. Sixties they had transitioned to low top Chuck Ts though. And this is the thing, like Pistol Pete in the sixties made it look cool because he had the floppy socks and then low top Chuck T's. Now, no ankle support. That's
1: probably shortened his career a little I, bit.
0: I don't know. I don't know how people wore Chuck Ts and Converse for so long, even at the pro level, like into the 80s somehow, but
1: they're probably running about as fast
0: as you and I can run, is Yeah. What it comes down to. Yeah. Not yeah, anyways, but it, it's just something I clocked. The uh, the big thing though, introduction of shooter. I loved him. This guy clearly knows his basketball. He does. He's drunk. That's that's his big that big hang up on him, as we discussed, is he's the, like the town drunk. Like he is the drunkest guy in the entire town and he can't get his shit together. But he knows his basketball. Uh, I might put a little clip in here of him saying something. You're playing Cedar Knob tomorrow. Ain't nobody knows him better than me. I've been watching. how oh, You've been breaking the Colts. But my friend, you cannot play them all the way man on man. They got no head toppers. Cedar knob, a bunch of mites. Run you off the boards. You got to squeeze them back in the paint. Make them chuck it from the cheap seats. Watch that purgatory they call a gym. No drive, 12 foot in. That'll do. But he just, I I thought he did a great job. Not all all the drunk stuff, but... I thought he did a really good job, him and and Coach Dale, of talking like I would assume '50s guys talked about basketball.
1: Yeah, you know? this is later on when he's talking when his son comes to visit him in the hospital, but he has this moment where he's describing like when he was watching the game or listening to the game on the radio, and he's talking about little bitch Ollie screwing up, and then he says, <laughs> then he, then he hit that he hit that charity shot. Yeah. That's how he referred to a free charity throw line, a yeah. charity shot. Yeah. Like, that was 1954 was probably the last year anyone used that term. Oh, yeah, dude. He had so many
0: great lines like that. Like, you're going to make them chew the gum so hard that they chew the flavor out of it. Just stuff like that where you're just like, God, it's awful. But I guarantee people were actually saying that in the 50s to motivate and stuff. All right. but In the movie, the whole town's turned on him, dude. The whole town wants him gone. They have a town hall meeting guess who shows up to save the fucking day Mr. James Chitwood Jimmy the man Chitwood his only 33 words of the entire movie happen in this town hall he has a couple lines he has
1: one more sentence in the in the state chamber Oh does he game.
0: Oh yeah that's right when he says give me the ball or whatever but let's just play a little Jimmy no, he, Chitwood He
1: literally just his only other line is <laughs> I'll make it yeah, I got it. <laughs> I'll, make, I'll make it.
0: Yeah, so it's three. So the other 30 come right here, and I want to play a little with it.
1: I don't know if it'll make
0: any change, but I figure it's time for me to start playing ball.
1: Yeah. I told you once we got rid of him. One other thing.
0: I play, coach stays, he goes, I go. I just for me, dude. You know, we we're talking about Mount Rushmore. I think for me, one of the staples of a Mount Rushmore sports movie is you got to have one of those scenes where it's like, "I'll only play for you, coach."
1: The team. If it's a if it's a team sports movie, almost every time there's got to be a moment where the team finally rallies around the the vision of the coach, and it's why it's why usually this movie being one of the most famous examples. Even though it's a movie about, theoretically, the sport being played on, on the field or on the court, the lead role is the coach, essentially, every time. Yeah. Like right. You go through all the list of them. I mean, it's, it's always a coach.
0: What's funny is, like, in Rudy, the famous coach gets ousted, but they still had to have that scene of, like, I'll only play with this guy. Yeah. So they still did the scene, but it wasn't a coach. It was, like, Rudy of, like, them all giving their jerseys in or whatever at the right. end
1: and even though that's a football movie that's the whole the whole movie isn't about notre notre dame's not an underdog it's it's just about yeah
0: Brady. yeah yeah so i just love i love those scenes though where it's like the whole town like fuck him fucking want him out of here get him out of here and then it's like no but like we were saying jimmy walks into that town hall dude it's like fuck this whole town is treating this like a 17 year old like he runs the town very like Texas high school football esque vibe in Indiana. I know they're trying to do that. Cause it's like
1: same deal. Yeah. Indiana basketball, is, in Indiana, basketball and all that. But yeah.
0: I just, I loved it, dude. Jimmy Ch- Chitwood for me had like the perfect amount of mystery and like taboo.
1: So you liked that he never spoke or, or yeah. made a single facial expression.
0: Kind of. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, I did. I, I
0: yeah, I'm in. Um, I'm in on Jimmy Chitwood. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, no,
1: I get, I, I, I'm with you. It, it definitely works in this kind of like savant way where he's just this like farm boy who is a perfect basketball player. And the only way that that can be explained is that he's just a savant and he doesn't really even speak or have a personality. All he does is make baskets.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, no, I li- I liked it a lot. I liked it a whole lot. Just going through it here. I was just looking through my notes. I think we fast sword through. There's a lot of montages. The team starts to come together. A lot of montages of them doing that.
1: Yeah, uh, I, here I've got a good good transition here because okay, I've got another. This might be my my best take of the pod because what would you say coming out of the experience of the movie Hoosiers that like its message about basketball is like how to play winning basketball.
0: It's it's team effort. Even though Jimmy Chitwood is a big part. But it's like, uh, the, to me, the whole message, though, the coach and everything with the four passes or more and everything like that, and, and the guy he throws out at the beginning of the first practice, I think, to me, it's all about the team, the cohesiveness, and it's like a team right. thing.
1: That's all they're preaching. It's all, yeah. all this stuff about, like, five guys coming together even though we're this little tiny school, we can beat the big school. Yeah. What the movie actually proves is that Basketball is a star-driven sport. Yeah, yeah. That's always I Jimmy. I literally think they hadn't won a game until (laughs) Jimmy comes back, and then Jimmy comes back, and they win every game the rest of the way, including all the way through the state finals. In reality, Hoosiers is a movie about how basketball is a star-driven sport more than it is a team sport. Yeah, I think so.
0: I mean, it's true if you look at it at NBA level, at college level, or whatever, like you need a main guy. You need a Jimmy Chitwood. You need a <laughs> Jimmy You're not going to do shit if you don't have a main guy. Like, even in the NBA, the only team, And he's even
1: like a wing scorer.
0: <laughs> yeah, he's like the perfect, like you want that perfect two or three. Um, even in the NBA, the only time I can really think of like where a team fully won it that's jumping out to me is 2004. Pistons. Pistons.
1: I mean, otherwise you're going into injury shit. Yeah. Like the Raptors, Raptors won. they didn't, you know, injuries that KD
0: got hurt Tore his Achilles again. He, if he doesn't do that, the Raptors, you know, but that was the only time where a team of five defeated the team with the two big guys, Shaq and Kobe. But anyways, yeah. So yeah. Perfect transition by you. All good stuff's happening. Jimmy's there. The only thing I want to mention is, is about shooter. When all this is happening, there was kind of a cool moment where Coach is like, I'm trying to get this guy sober. He's assistant coaching. He's like the emotional crux of this film is like a lot of it's tied up in this guy. All of it. All of it. And uh, I love the move of mid one of the games, Gene Hackman just goes to the ref. He's like, hey, throw me out. Fucking throw me out! I'd never seen that before. I love that that, and you can see it on Shooter's face when he he's like getting thrown. It's like, "Dude, dude, do not leave me! Do not leave me!" And he does that, and then, dude, he delivers.
1: Has that that's been used again? Right, that throw me out thing. Some Probs. Be, I think that's been copied in other sports movies. I'm sure it has. If not, I mean, probably not. So that you can have your alcoholic assistant coach take over, but it, to inspire the team in some way i i'm i'm blanking on what movies it's in but i know that that's been stolen from hoosiers for sure yeah i think hoosiers thrown is a, out as a motivational tactic yeah
0: well definitely the motivational yeah. ta- like blue chips that guy did it all the time of like yeah my team is just like dragging i yeah, need to get but thrown even, out
1: even the part where you just whisper to the ref like look i'm gonna do a whole thing throw me out yeah like, not actually like call a ref a motherfucker until he throws you out yeah <laughs>
0: No, I, I loved it. he he did, and then like uh, shooter like called that fantastic picket fence play, a little oh, double they, pick they, at the top they, of the they can't stop top talking of the key. about
1: the picket fence man.
0: Yeah, because it comes back later too. I'm Not totally sure this play would work, but uh, double screen at the top of the key, free one of the shooters up for uh, just like a fifteen footer. But it wins the game anyways. They get all the way. We should just lead up to this big speech in the regional semis. It's before the big game. Coach is down in the locker room and he gives this is a game before the state championship, right? Yep. Yeah. So you can't be on the Mount Rushmore of sports movies without that chill speech given
1: hundred percent unless can't do it. Yeah. Not, not if you're a traditional sports movie.
0: No. Think of any given Sunday. You think of remember the Titans. There's always all these speeches before their big game coach. Dale gives this speech. Forget about the crowds, the size of the school, their fancy uniforms, and remember what got you here. Focus on the fundamentals that we've gone over time and time again. And most important, don't get caught up thinking about winning or losing this game. If you put your effort and concentration into playing to your potential to be the best that you can be, I don't care what the scoreboard says, at the end of the game... In my book, we're going to be winners. Okay.
1: All right. Let's go. Let's go. Let me hear it. Go, 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 go.
0: That speech still played at pacer games in like clutch moments uh whenever the game is like going down to the wire and it's like 89898 3 seconds left pacers have the ball they call a timeout they play that on the jumbo trying to get the whole crowd jacked up
1: and that's the sp- after that speech they slow clap right
0: oh yeah dude that's another our staple we should add slow say, clap just
1: slow clap and both in i'm going to ask the question first for in movies but then also if we make act like this is taking place in 1952 was that the first ever slow clap great question anna from hr asked the
0: exact same question
1: we're on the same page
0: i don't know it might be might be the
1: earliest recorded slow clap 86
0: that seems early enough
1: there, I mean, there's not a ton of like sports movies before it, and I can't imagine another kind of movie where they would do a slow clap. I do. It might be. Let's just let's just do it. Mark let's it just down yeah. Until, call somebody, it. until somebody proves us wrong. <laughs> somebody can slide in the DMs if they've got an earlier one.
0: Yeah, slide in, kids. I I think that is though. Um, uh, Can you imagine now though doing a slow clap? Like, there's no not way. T- serious. No, no, no. In in 2021, even in movies or in real life. I think the slow clap is a, has officially been retired. It can't one, be used.
1: One of my all time greatest achievements is that at a Reds game, not long after Griffey, Ken Griffey Jr. came to the Reds, I was at a Reds game, and I got a slow clap started. I oh, nice! Like spread through the whole stadium. It took me like a hundred <laughs> tries, but eventually, like my my section was doing it, and then by like the hundredth time. The whole stadium got in on the slow clap and it was incredible.
0: I will say that is a lot more respectable than uh starting a wave at a game. Hell which yeah. is one of the lamest things I, I cannot you stand. You used to be
1: jacked up when I was like 10 though. Okay, right, maybe
0: way. that should be the stipulation. If yeah. you're under 10, yeah. totally cool to try and start a, a wave.
1: Oh, I wouldn't I don't think I ever tried to start it, but when it came around I was pretty pumped. To no,
0: no, not. So, let's let's talk post 10 wave. Out. I, I don't I don't move a muscle no. when
1: it comes to me. It's gonna be tough. It's gonna be tough once my kids are getting into it because I am not gonna want to get involved in that.
0: To me, that just says, "Crowd, how bad do you suck?" Like this is what you're doing. Like you you can't do. You can't find any other ways to motivate the team. You're fucking wave. Like you're doing a wave.
1: The only time I've ever post ten seen it be cool is I went to a uh, Michigan Minnesota football game in Michigan for some reason when. I don't know in high school, and the bit is in the big house, and their student section started a wave that was going both directions around the stadium, so it intersect and keep going, and it actually visually looked pretty sweet.
0: If it's something creative like that, or if it's like in the movie Angels in the Outfield that we if did, if you're on bringing this pod. angels in, yeah. If there's <laughs> if if there's like a little Bring different take, you're summoning a supernatural force into the stadium, then yeah, sure. Exactly. The only other thing on that speech I just. No, Until I watched it back, I didn't remember. I always assumed it was for the championship game. I didn't know the speech was for the regional semis. Regional regional finals? I mean, whatever. Well, yeah. Whatever it was, it wasn't the championship. Like,
1: uh, It kind of threw me off. I'm like, oh, fuck. I think, and this is teased a little bit at, in the very beginning of the movie when he first gets into town and first walks into the school, He's looking at like the pictures and stuff. They've got the, all the old white guy basketball pictures on the walls. And there's a ball, like a trophy ball that I think says like it's like 1946 regional runner up. Oh, like, so like it's just to regional, get past. Like that was okay. the farthest the school had ever been. So well, I think that's why it was like the school, the school had never made the state championship game. I'm
0: good with that uh, as a uh, as a why we did that. I also now just thinking through it my second reason if we want to just go right to the championship game my second thing i think is the reason why is because when they got to the championship game i it almost had a vibe of like his work was kind of done
1: yeah and his you know? and his speech to his players and that one his message to the players before the championship game is like all about look whatever happens as long as we try our hardest you're winners in my book aka i don't think we've got a shot
0: yeah we're fucked but but I think in that game, it was kind of proven that, like, I don't need to do the big speech at the beginning. I don't need to be super involved on the bench because the whole thing, like, his the whole message of the movie is, like, instilling all these best practices with all the players, like, the ball as, movement. As long
1: as you've got Jimmy Chetwood.
0: And if you have Jimmy Chetwood. But, like, he's got all these things. He's got the star player. He's got the ball movement. Now he's got, like, everything cooking. By the time they get to the championship, my initial reaction was like, damn, this championship game is like a little underwhelming. I thought we were leading up to this like big thing of like the small school or whatever. But then the more I like I pondered on it, I put some thought into I'm like, no, I think that was intentional. I think they wanted to show you that the players have kind of like taken the reins like he did it. Now the players are doing it
1: all. It's a great theory. I, I want I want it to be right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to assume it's right, but there's there's definitely a 10% chance that you are um, giving them too much credit, <laughs> I think. But no, I, the, I I like the theory a lot. Um, I do also want to say about the championship game, though, that they make it seem like this wide-open, high-scoring game where they, they keep showing cuts to just like the ball going into the hoop. At baskets every, at your baskets at your baskets. Like, nobody misses anything, and everyone's just scoring. And then it goes to the, like, it's like the last two minutes of the game that they're actually going to show. The score is 40 to 36 or something. like that. Yeah. (laughs) Like, wait, what? I thought that we just saw them making nothing but baskets this whole time. Neither of them have gotten over 40 yet.
0: And in real life, it was even more egregious because the final score in the film game was 42 to 40. The final score in real life was 32 to 30.
1: Yeah, if you're going to make it 10 points higher, you might as well just make it like 62 to 60.
0: I know, but they did. In that final, it was like basket, basket, basket. It was like a montage yeah. of like hoops, hoops, non-stop. hoops.
1: Non-stop, both teams just scoring non-stop.
0: Yeah, it really should have been a defensive struggle, but they did make it seem like it was back and forth. So at least they like portrayed that it was a close game because it did seem like back the editing, forth. it was yeah. back and forth yeah. the whole game. We would be remiss. duh if we didn't mention that scene though leading into the f- final championship because it's very famous the one where he like mm-hmm. walks in buddy hold us under the backboard what is it 15 feet 15 feet Strap. put
1: Ollie on your shoulders Measure this uh, from the rim. How far?
0: 10 feet. 10 feet. I think you'll find this exact same measurements as our gym back in Hickory.
1: <laughs> okay, let's get dressed for practice.
0: I love seeing that. I, I got to say, like, for the most part, I love that message of like, hey, boys, scared boys, scared boys on my team, don't be scared. Don't be scared. Guess what? Get the tape measure out. 10-foot hoops. Those are 10-foot hoops.
1: I'm not even going to bother asking which one's your favorite of these two cuz I know the answer, but what do you think the like the more important or the more famous coach speech about measurements is between that and Al Pacino talking about the inches? Al Pacino.
0: I think I know that's it's your not favorite even a question. I know it's your
1: favorite, but you, you think that's been the more the more famous one? If
0: we're just talking inches?
1: No, if you're like what do people what would people be like is more part of society. Oh, more society is the 10 foot. Yeah. It, for like, sure. Okay. Hey, it's still, it's just 10 feet. Yeah. No matter where you're playing, but, like, you can do like the same thing about like the, the pitching mound is still, you know, whatever, yeah. same yeah. distance. I think that's much
0: more iconic. So I'm, I'm with you there. It's in its Hoosiers. It's the most iconic movie of all time, but, I think in terms of what gives me like the most like jacked up. Yeah.
1: The Hoosiers one isn't even a get jacked up moment. It's like a get calmed down moment. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of like right. side. every, Hey, everything's fine. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those, those are the two only two I can think of on the Mount Rush. We still got two more spots for iconic um, measurement speeches.
0: Yeah. Yeah. One's feet, one's inches. So maybe if something we can think of is like millimeters or centimeters, I, mean, I could get some miles in there yards put fast and furious on there dude quarter mile Boom. quarter in. mile that's three
1: so. there's gotta be one about yards longest yard there's something in there some
0: yeah we gotta have something about yardage probably a golf movie that that does that at some point but yeah dude uh
1: nope i've got it yeah mighty ducks
0: which one is that
1: when charlie's talking to emilio about oh, yeah. hitting the post so, yeah. yeah but a quarter inch the other way i guess another inch is one but or is it? They say a half inch. Half that's inch? cool
0: because we're just looking for measurements. So that, if yeah, I think that's
1: that's our starting Mount Rushmore.
0: So mighty ducks, any given Sunday, Al Pacino. What were the other ones? Hoosiers, Hoosiers, and then uh, what was the final?
1: <laughs> Fast and Furious. Fast and
0: Furious. Yeah, that's the Mount Rushmore of measurements. All right, final final play, dude. Ra- wrap this movie up before we get into our awards. What are they gonna run?
1: There's only one play to run, dude. The only play that exists in <laughs> Indiana High School basketball, dude, the picket fence. Picket fence.
0: I, I gotta say, I was a little confused when they get into that final huddle, it's like, all right, we're gonna run Jimmy as a decoy. And I was like,
1: what? Combination of what? And like, this is just crazy enough to work. Right? I mean, horrible. But you see the sports movie thing that like they're they're that trying to, to me, they're trying to set you up for where you're like yeah, like, you know, the the unsung hero is going to get, like, it's, they do this in the semi, too, where Ollie gets to make the free throws. Like, it's, they usually do that. I mean, varsity, I'm fine. varsity blues, Billy Bob gets to score. <laughs> how, I'm yeah. fine
0: in the regional game or whatever if the kid's going to shoot underhanded free throws, like, f- and be the hero. That's fine. But in the state championship game, you got to draw that final play up for Jimmy Chetwood. He's got you here, dude. He's got you here. That's on Coach Norman Dale.
1: So you're you're going back on your your Normandale feelings, right? I
0: now. know that was the only one where I was like, the coach was drawing something up,
1: and I was like, oh, dude, you wouldn't do that, like. So what this brings us back to is, Hoosiers is really a movie about how basketball is a star driven sport.
0: Yeah, it is. That is it. That's it. But he draws this play up, and then there's this clip from the boys. shot. We're going to use you as a decoy. Buddy, you get the ball, get the Merle on the picket fence. He's going to take the last shot. All right, let's go. What's the matter with you guys? What's the matter with you? I'll make it. Buddy, get the ball to Jimmy. Top the key. let the floor. Let's go. Let's
1: Confused. What? <laughs> Obviously, Jimmy's taking the shot, Coach. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's, it's like, no, Coach. Like, hey, this is very timely. He's sitting there drawing up a play like Giannis is his best player. Like. <laughs> So mad about this topical. recent Bucks game. This is not so, going to age very well so topical. back. I just the the Milwaukee Bucks just played a basketball game. No one's going to give a shit, but their best player should not have plays drawn up for him. I'll last, tell you that. Not
1: in the last five minutes.
0: Um so but guess what, Norman Dale? Your best player is not Giannis who can't shoot outside of the paint. Your guy this fucking sniping,
1: like long distance. Your, your guy's a combo of Kobe, MJ, Dame, and Steph.
0: All in one. <laughs> Give it to him, obviously. So, Coach at the beginning would never have let his players have that sort of say. No, nope. but he,
1: he would have benched them all. Actually, all of them. He, he was said, just it, like forfeited. Said, Sorry, Ref. This is my, I'm out. my team's on the floor with nobody there.
0: <laughs> See ya. But now, like the, the the boys, dude, they fully like grasped his system, like how he he does it all and everything. So he'll actually listen to them now. And they get the ball to Jimmy's hands. They run a picket fence class. <laughs> no, they don't run a picket fence. Oh, they didn't do that. No,
1: they call it off. They just say, "All right, fuck it." It's Jimmy's. Oh, and it just, he just goes. That's what. That's why my, my 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 list there because he just goes full hero ball mode. Iso ball. Complete iso ball. He's basically James Harden if James Harden could make a clutch shot in the playoffs. But it, it really does always come down to that.
0: Like on the final play, it's really, is your best guy good enough to win this game for us? It's really what it a lot of the time comes down to. You can have your Brad Stevens of the world who are going to call up the most amazing play in the world. But it's like at the end of the day, your best guy needs to just you hit mean a shot.
1: President of basketball operations, yeah. no longer basketball coach, Brad Stevens? Yeah,
0: my hero. But anyways, Jimmy nails the shot, dude. We already talked about it at the beginning, like how perfect it was. He actually had pressure on him to make that shot in real life before the crowd charged the court. They do. He hits the shot. Game over. Hoosiers win, and the movie ends with the immediately. Oh, it ends immediately.
1: <laughs> it, literally, the shot goes in. They rush it. Everyone's celebrating. Not another word of dialogue is spoken. Real
0: quick, uh, before we get to our awards. What do we think happened with that coach and that lady?
1: Yeah, they dated for like a couple months. And then she realized he was old and they broke up. Yeah.
0: And I think Jimmy. And, then she, got, and then she bangs Jimmy. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> I, I think Jimmy, this is a 50s. So you're not like, you know, I don't think Jimmy's like going on to basketball stardom or anything. Like no one really cared that much in the Bobby,
1: 50s. Bobby Plump or whatever his name is. Played yeah. for four years at Butler.
0: And then nothing, right? He didn't go pro or anything.
1: He played, I, I was reading it, he played in some league I'd never heard of, like National Industrial Basketball Association or something like that, but yeah. Oh, real. so never it really
0: wasn't like... even like, here's the thing. He flamed out. Jimmy flamed out. He went back.
1: See, Obviously, real, he's going to live real, in that
0: small town. Real in...
1: life, real life, Bobby Plump, Jimmy Chitwood f- flamed out. Hoosiers Jimmy Chitwood is literally Larry Bird
0: i know but in 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 the movie in real life let's just say jimmy chitwood he flamed the fuck out he came back Norman Dale and that girl were hooking up for a little bit but then he came back and like obviously he's like younger and she's gonna be wanting to get with like some younger dick
1: that's just science Everyone she wanted misses. she wanted him to get out that was a plot point she wanted him to get out of that town But, yeah, I'm with you. I think he comes back. But then he
0: comes back. He's like, I can't leave you, baby.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Baby. Here's
0: all I know. Coach and that lady are not together. together. No. So if she's with Jimmy, who knows? But, like, she's not with Coach Normandale. Not even that she's
1: that much of a catch. Just that old-ass
0: Normandale's not holding it down. No. All right. Awards. First one, Ryan, a Philippi, a practice hero. It's easy to sum it up when you just talk about practice. We sitting here, we in here talking about practice. We talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We talking about practice. We talking about practice, man. Practice.
1: I mean, how silly is that?
0: I got two nominees i don't know if you do you have any nominees or you just want me to list my two see let's
1: see who you got now i'll I'll give
0: my first one is his name is george he's the prior coach or assistant or something he's the guy Mm -hmm. who is there before normandale gets
1: there he's
0: coaching up the boys also
1: he is the fourth member of this movie that goes on to also be part of rudy yeah He's the new coach who Dan comes Divine, in. Yeah, yeah. He's evil in everything. Yep. He's the in bad. These two guy. movies. Yeah.
0: He's the bad guy in Richie Rich. There you go. From Macaulay Culkin. He is literally the bad guy in everything he's in. Uh, in this movie, I just, face. I just thought he was doing a whole lot of too much. You're not wrong. Uh, so he's one, and then the second guy from me on this list, the kid who quits day one at practice. Ooh. Mm-hmm. It's like, dude, guy, fuck you, dude. He quit because, like, he was just talking with his bros, and they wanted to show in the movie, like, hey, Normandale's coming in. Change of culture. No more of this bullshit. Like, we're taking this serious. So he gets, like, in this guy, this kid's face who's, like, you know, joking around and stuff, and then he kicks him off the team. And the kid just bails. He doesn't even apologize and try to come
1: back. It's like, dude, what the fuck? Just gone from the state championship team. <laughs>
0: Like, suck your pride up a little bit, dude. You're one of the seven members of this championship <laughs> squad.
1: That's a good shout. I actually, on the other, like, complete opposite side of the spectrum, but I think still very true to the spirit of the award, is another member of the team, and that's the the reverend son who's always praying for way too long. Yeah. And I feel like just yeah. the pure amount of, like, the how much extra time he feels he needs to spend on his knees praying, It's trying way too hard. It's a lot.
0: It's even more than like a uh, – if you want to genuflect, that's one thing.
1: Do it on your own time. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa. This isn't
0: an anti-religion podcast. Uh, if you want to genuflect, no worries. But like – Game's about to start, dude. What the fuck Dude, you you're doing? a starter. So like you can't miss the first five minutes of the game because you're, you know, praying on your knee. Like it's it's less about religion. It's more just like, dude – time allocation, like figure out how to allocate your time better, priorities, like understand there's a time and a place for everything. I don't know. I agree. He's on the list. All
1: right, before, I, before I make my vote for who I think it should be, I do want to point out, I think we have to point out, that the, the your first nominee there, I can't remember what his name is in this movie. George. But, yeah, George slash Dan Devine slash Bad Guy and Richie Rich. I mean, we can definitively say he's obviously – Ben J's favorite character in this movie, right? Oh, yeah. Probably.
0: Yeah, Ben J. What up? Send an email to vicariouslivingpod at gmail.com. Ben J, previous guest on this pod, if you think that this guy is your favorite character. He's white.
1: He's old.
0: He's old. He's mean. He's probably got some money. He's
1: got it for, for Hickory, Indiana. For he's Hickory. probably pretty rich. Yeah. So it's seemed, probably, it seemed like he paid off the ref to throw out Normandale out of that one game. So. Definitely. Definitely.
0: So Ben, Ben, let us know if Seems that's your like favorite character. Seems like he checks character.
1: most of Ben's boxes.
0: Who checks your
1: boxes? Who's your winner for the practice hero? Yeah, I think I think I am going with the the praying dude. That was because that was the one that jumped out at me during it as like, dude, do less, and that's kind of the definition, right? It's do, the definition,
0: do less. do less. And you know what it is on on the kid that we were talking about who bounced after the first practice. That might we might be able to put more of that on the parents. You know, because the other kid who bounced with him, his dad him yeah. made him come back and say, "Hey, idiot, apologize to the fucking adult who's the coach who's trying to discipline you being a dumbass. Apologize and fucking go play on the team." And he did, and everything was fine. So i more, I guess, blame the parents yeah. on that.
1: And it's, so this is '50s, so we got to assume that that guy, the guy who walked out and stayed gone, was he's probably like the greaser of the town. Who's yeah? He's now now that he's off the team, he's just like smoking cigarettes and wearing leather jackets and stuff props
0: yeah he's probably hanging out with like soda pop
1: probably yeah you know, <laughs> soda pop good, the Fon, town soda Pop's Fonzie, good. <laughs> hitting the jukebox
0: um picking knit section I had a couple here All right. for the I just want to say for the most part as we talked about the basketball is actually very believable and and I I want to say as a caveat I think basketball is the hardest sport to turn into a movie it's really tough
1: i'd say that because it's the one that if the actors aren't right playing it like it's the easiest to tell that the actors suck at it like it's hardest to fake from that standpoint it is but i feel like i feel like scripting a sequence in basketball should be pretty easy
0: i think it's the sequence is fine it's it's like you said initially if you don't have actors who are competent and yeah. it's the hardest you can't sport, hide to it. Yeah. you can't hide it. It's the hardest sport to fake. You can kind of fake football because it's a lot of just like running.
1: And it's really easy to put doubles in. Yeah. Right? You're wearing helmets and
0: that's it. Yeah. yeah. Smash Williams and Friday Night Lights. All of his football football scenes were a stand in and you could never tell because he's got a helmet on. Yeah. So it's just the hardest sport to do. And I will say this, this movie, can I throw an underrated one in? didn't even come up in our sports movie breakdowns, uh, not Rushmore's the one of the only ones, uh, that I, I also felt like did a really good job with the basketball. You ever seen finding Forrester?
1: Yep. Sean Connery.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The basketball and that totally checks out. I remember that being, yeah. 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 And yeah. the lead character is like that actor. He was also in uh, coach Carter, mm-hmm. um, but as a player, but he he's legit. Anyways, so most of the basketball checked out. I had one uh, nit to pick with the basketball
1: before before you do it. Yeah. Uh, while we're running back, I was just thinking we I'd probably be yelling at my headphones if I was listening to this one when we were doing our Mount Rushmores. You had two movies where Gene Hackman plays the coach.
0: Yeah, replacements.
1: Yeah, we should have mentioned that. Yeah, so he's he's doubled down on the his believability as a coach. Gone back to the well.
0: He can do it. Yeah, he can do it. That will not be a nit to pick. Norman Dale, Gene Hackman is not a nit to pick. With the basketball, though, besides Jimmy Chitwood, who we described as, like, this guy's got it. He's he's doing a lot of, like, right-handed dribbling, makes sense in the 50s, his, his form, his jumper form, all that. There was a couple other scenes, especially, like, early in that first practice where Norman was like running drills of everyone dribbling with both hands and stuff. And a little bit of behind the back I saw in some of the games. I just, it really wasn't like that in the fifties. Again, this is a small nit to pick, but there was like no offhanded dribbling. No, Bob Cousy kind of was thing. like the first guy who like changed the whole world of basketball. And it's because he would like dribble behind his back and with his off hand. And it was like such a novelty And that really wasn't until, like, the late 50s, early 60s. Um, Pistol Pete came in, like, 60s, 70s. So, anyways, knit to pick. that's a small knit. Small
1: knit. Like like we said before, we both felt like the... It very much felt of the 50s when they were playing basketball, for the most part. Yeah.
0: Very small knit to pick. Big one here for me, number two. The score of this movie is heralded. Mm -hmm. It is... Classic,
1: classic Goldsmith.
0: Classic Goldsmith. And it is a very big part of this movie. 99% of the time, it is hitting me in all the right spots. Mm-hmm. Also nominated for an Academy Award with Dennis Hopper. So we know it's good.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Where's this one going? In the scene with Gene Hackman and the lady in the fields by the fence, where she initially reads that letter to him. Mm-hmm on why he was like kicked out of the state of new york for coaching basketball forever was mm-hmm. because he was physically assaulting his players that might be the time where you dial down the inspirational background music let me just play this clip where'd you find that article librarian
1: I want to tell you that I think your efforts in regards to Shooter have been noble. They have. They've been fine.
0: And I appreciate you staying away from Jimmy the way you have. The score is fantastic because this movie is so inspirational. It's fantastic for most of the movie where it's like,
1: it's like. They don't have. He doesn't he a dimmer a switch track together. That was more of a sad track. Yeah, they didn't well, have I a guess, you know what, dimmer. You know what it is? They had to keep it building because it was building to him <laughs> kissing her right after that story. It's yeah, Just like he, she's
0: reading a news article from New York about how this guy was ousted from coaching forever, an entire state of high school, all high school basketball, the, no matter where it was, he went. It was, college basketball, college, everywhere. Yeah. Everywhere. And
1: then also high school basketball in New York.
0: So, yeah, th- it's expansive yes. how much he cannot coach because he assaulted his own players. Mm-hmm. Like, this is not a small thing. And while they're doing it, the inspirational <laughs> music is still playing. That was the only moment where I was sitting there like, oh, goddamn, points off for the score. Just, like, dim it
1: down slightly there. Can I also say that <laughs> I in my notes I've got right before that, right before they go on their little walk when he – um like goes over to talk to her she's like trying to dig in the dirt with a like a hoe, like just trying to like be yeah. a farmer and, and like this character is supposed to be she's a teacher, but she like grew up on a farm she's from this little town she's always farmed and she still lives and works on a farm she, she's so clearly never ever dug in dirt before Clueless. <laughs> she's the worst farmer I've ever seen the way she's trying to she can't move like any dirt with this thing and it's it's, just... it's hilarious. I'm, she looks so pathetic trying to <laughs> dig in this dirt.
0: I've already got her as MCATWR I already did the award, so we won't even get to that award at the end here. I can't. She
1: can't even dig.
0: I can't. Yeah, she can't I She's cannot understate it enough. She is Overstate. the overstated enough. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> she sucks. <laughs> she fucking sucks. She's the worst part of this movie. She sucks at everything. All right, last knit to pick. I'm on board with. The, the every hoop is 10 feet thing. I, I get it. I love that mm-hmm. stuff. I, I love it. it Calm people down, like we talked about. You get everyone in the right mindset. Like, hey, it's not that scary. Get them right. I just want to say again, very small nit to pick. The biggest issue is when you actually get into those games, the crowd, and you see it a lot in these NBA games and stuff. Like, the issue is not that you think the hoop is a different size, it's that. When you're in the moment, the crowd and the atmosphere and whatever can become very overwhelming. So I get it; it's a great thing to do at the beginning of the game. But I, I guess, I still wish there was some more going on in the game where he was grounding everyone, and I just didn't get that.
1: Yeah, as I'm much. Not, you, you brought you brought that around because I was going to kind of make fun of you. Like I know you're saying you get it, but like obviously. What he's doing isn't med- – he's not talking about the actual size of the hoop. No, he's I just – I it's wanted just, it's more. still just basketball. But I'm with you. There needed to be more during the game because, like we talked about, the first – everything up before the final two minutes of the game was literally just a montage of them making shots.
0: And he didn't even give a pregame speech. And, yeah. I, and I get it that the whole thing was to show that the players have come full circle and they're now doing it themselves. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like – I just feel like he could have helped. Yeah. No, I, I think
1: I, I think that there should have been more going on during the last game in terms of interaction and, and words being spoken is a very good nit.
0: Well, and again, it's just a small nit to pick. All these nits to pick, they're very small. They're not like big critiques we have in the movie, but... I think of, like, even remember the Titans in that championship game. In that second half, you see Herman Boone. He's halftime going,
1: adjustments, dude. Yeah. He, he
0: himself, while yeah. the players are making adjustments, and they've come on board with his system, he is going at that opposing coach, Ed Henry, or whatever. You know, he's mm-hmm. like, him versus Ed Henry. They're jockeying, like, strategy, halftime adjustments. I I wish that we just got a little more of the coach. That's all.
1: Yeah, he may, he. That's all. They got to put uh, – what's his name back in? Who got pulled out? Petey for, yeah, exactly. for Ryan Gosling. Right. Yeah. Gosling, Gosling pulls himself out, right? Yeah. yeah. So, I mean. Coach, I'm white. I can't stick with <laughs> these guys, obviously. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, it, it works. Okay.
0: All right. We already did MCITW. Let's end it. MVP, this podcast. We can go multiple ways here. I can just give you some guys I'm considering, or you can just give your MVP, whatever you want to
1: do. I mean, I think there's only two can. well, three candidates who's that right it's the three people we did the character breakdowns on jimmy jimmy coach coach and shooter right i mean that's the only ones that even have like stuff to do
0: i just want to throw an honorable mention in before you give uh your pick i had raid on there ray raid his name is ray i thought it was ray i looked it up it's actually raid r-a-d-e Shocked the hell out of
1: me. Wow. For that alone, MVP.
0: <laughs> yeah. So he's uh Raid is is the guy who in the first game he's taking all the shots. Coach takes him out, he won't put him back in. And then later on, when there's a fight breakout, he punches the other guy to have coaches back. And I just kind of liked like the camaraderie between that kid and coach. Anyways, not getting MVPs, I just wanted them in consideration.
1: Yeah. I mean, ultimately it's really it's got to come down to Jimmy Chitwood or Norman Dale. And I mean, in life, I'm going to go with Jimmy Chitwood. But I feel like the MVP of the movie it's got to be Norman Dale, right? It's got to be got to be coach. For you. I feel like if Jimmy would have had <laughs> It said thirty five words instead of thirty three. Yeah, I could have given it to him.
0: I, I, me. Per- this isn't my award. This is for you to give. So the official MVP of the VL Podcast for Hoosiers is Norman Dale. I think for me, I liked Shooter. We already talked about that a little more than you did. So I would, I, I just like that performance a lot. And I just the mystique around Jimmy Chitwood is yeah. just so awesome and that, to me. That's where
1: I, I, I kind of. As I started to say it, I pulled back from saying that. Like when you think of Hoosiers, like you think of Norman Dale. It's a coach, but yeah, you, you do. But, but you also like Jimmy Chitwood's fucking iconic too. So there's not like a huge. I, I think on a pure name basis, Jimmy Chitwood is even people remember that more than they remember Norman Dale. But like from the movie, they remember the coach. I think.
0: So the coach is... Gene Hackman. You think yes. of Gene Hackman. Same, right. same with right. like. Um, Remember the Titans. You think of Denzel Herman Washington. Boone. Herman Boone. <laughs> Fuck you. I'm fucking my point up. You think of Denzel Washington. So I feel like Gene Hackman was just Gene Hackman. Jimmy Chitwood. We never saw him again, he just, he and just, he was just Jimmy Chitwood. Just, yeah, hundred percent. So I think it's whatever you, uh, whatever your credentials boil down to. But yeah,
1: there's, it's there's a, a Gene Hackman
0: movie. It's a Gene Hackman movie, as much as like. We've said anything, yeah. It's, it's it's a Gene Hackman movie. It, it is. can
1: easily there's a good case to be made for both though. The, Jimmy
0: Chib was just my favorite guy, right. but but yeah, Norman Dale is the movie. Right, it's the movie.
1: Yeah, but. that's that's where I landed.
0: All right, we'll give it to Norman Dale. Gene Hackman, look, Gene Hackman's the man. We we're a Gene Hackman podcast through Pro, and through. Pro Gene, Pro Gene. Might have been a dick in real life, but. We're a pro-gene podcast.
1: You know what I can't believe I forgot when we were doing our um, Mount Rushmores, though? I can't believe I left off all my Mount Rushmores. It was draft day. <laughs> God.
0: If I never see that movie again the whole rest of my life, I feel like I've had a winning yeah I feel la- like, rest of I feel my like life.
1: Like my list should have been draft day, Uncle Drew. Uh,
0: like see. Mike? No.
1: <laughs> Maybe... Um, Joanna man oh god
0: <laughs> I'm it's sad how many times I've seen Joanna man which is it's over three which is an abomination
1: yeah that's ridiculous yeah
0: I don't know how I actually owned it on DVD somehow but. doesn't mean you have to watch it three times <laughs> Yeah. yeah. alright dude does that do it any other points you good to wrap it
1: good to wrap it good to be have been back I feel like the podcast needed
0: me good to be back 13th podcast for this podcast. We're sitting here guest hosting this podcast in this podcast studio tonight. Kids, you know what time it is. Wrap up Hoosiers. We'll tell you, kids, tuck on in. Sleep tight. You have a really good night. Sleep, kids. And Zerb, help with the sign
1: off. Clear eyes, full hearts. Do less, kids. Do so much less.
0: You can follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. You know you found us when you find a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Stephen's there. Just not pictured. Stephen and Elsie, both there. Just not pictured.